0: Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Hi, power partners. Welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And I am Cynthia Bryan. We are coming to you on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. We're live. And this program is brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star, You Are Charity. We have a great show, as always, for you today. We're going to be looking at teens in crisis. we will looking at spring and some spring gardening and, you know, hoping that we'll have a great spring. And how to fix your irrigation sprinklers. So a little bit of... Uh, tech work here information and of course some caring about our teams the miracle moment for today is brought to you by be the star you are charity visit be the star you are.org and we're really excited to announce and we'll have more information for you coming up that uh we will be uh hosting a shoe drive to help uh women have a have um work in countries, you know, third world countries where they are living in poverty. And hopefully we can help them develop a shoe business, even if it's just from their home or from a, uh, from a stand up um, hut. And we have two sponsors that are helping us out with this. And that is 5A Rent-A-Space in Moraga and Mark Hoogs State Farm Insurance, Team Hoogs, in Moraga as well. And soon we will have all that information at bethestarur.org, as well as you'll be able to find out more in all of the social networking, networking that we will be doing. And we hope that if you have any gently used uh, shoes or boots or baby shoes or even new things that you just don't like, don't want, and um, we will, you can donate them And they will go to um, women in 24 third third world countries. And so we're really excited about this. Uh, This is going to be a campaign that's going to go on for a couple of months. And um, hopefully we'll be able to really help these uh, people that need it so much. So the miracle moment is um, from Stephen King. Amateurs sit and wait for inspiration. The rest of us just get up and go to work. And isn't that the truth? How we we do for sure, for sure, for sure. Well, you might have been reading about uh, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's biannual youth risk behavior study, which showed that most teen girls, actually 57%, say that they experience persistent sadness or hopelessness, and that's up from 36% in 2011. And 30% of teen girls have said that they have seriously considered suicide, and that's up from 19% in 2011. Now, boys are doing badly as well. Their rates of depression and anxiety are not as high, but they have increased since um, 2011. So, America's teenagers are distressed and especially coming out of the pandemic. And they are reporting just record levels of sadness. And this is really um, a very scary thing. And if we take a closer look at the numbers that are coming from the CDC, we can suggest that the data might be a little bit skewed. And if anything, teens' distress levels could be higher than reported. Now, here at Be The Story You Are, that is our focus is teens, both boys and girls. And so we work with teens and uh, really attempt to inspire and empower them to be the best they can be and to listen. And this is why our teen show, Express Yourself Teen Radio, is so critical because it gives teens a voice so that they uh, know what to do. they, they know that they have a place that where they can talk and they're not going to be censored or edited. So if you haven't listened to the show, tune in to Express Yourself Teen Radio. It does air on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, and it airs on Sundays uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific. And you can also follow, follow it anywhere that you get your podcasts or your listening um, news. So it is on, you know... Apple and um, Stitcher and iHeart and all, all the good places. So the problem is as bad as what is suggested and probably worse is what is being said. The CDC might be underestimating the extent of some of the most alarming numbers in its report, but the point that we want to make is that it is very, very high and it is it is dangerous, and we really have to pay attention. Some of the CDC's latest statistics of that are drawn from this biennial youth risk behavior survey are really, really staggering. And when I was talking about the girls, 30% said they had seriously considered suicide, up from that 19% in uh, 2011. Uh, these figures are also high for students who don't identify as heterosexual. 69% of whom felt hopeless and 45% whom considered suicide. And part of this is the timing of the survey. It was uh, done in the fall of 2021. And many students were returning after the pandemic closures and all the disruptions. So it's, you know, it's possible that, uh, Things were, you know, definitely different in 2021, and that's just being released now. Um, The CDC started conducting these youth risk behavior studies back in 1991, and there's a total of 17,508 students that completed a 99-question survey in 2021. So the data is a go-to source for the prevalence of drug and alcohol use, teen sexual behavior, bullying, and other things that are identified as health risk factors. So the first reason for some caution in in interpreting the results is that the survey is administered in school. Now, if you ever remember taking a survey in high school, um, you might not have been as truthful as you really could be because you're not completely confident that it is confidential, right? Right. So sometimes you don't want to admit to anything that would be illegal or anything that somebody could look down upon you on. So there's a hesitation to admit behaviors in a classroom survey. And it if you were just doing it anonymously some other way. So there have been other methods um, tried to tell whether students are telling the truth. And studies over the years have attempted to figure out whether you can poll adolescents about drug use by asking if they've ever taken a fictitious drug, you know, like they make up the name of a drug that, you know, doesn't even exist. And the interesting thing about that is that studies have typically shown that only about 1% or fewer of respondents would claim to have taken this non-existent drug. Uh, And, you know, thinking of that, I I mean, I'm sure most of you or some of you have um, have met a person who always wants to one up you. And I just remember uh, when I was a a teenager, um, how uh, I knew a couple of people that it didn't matter what happened to someone. They also they always had to uh, one up you. So if you said you got sick with some flu or whatever it is, they, all, you know, they had pneumonia or whatever. So I remember kind of playing a, a not a trick, but just saying one time when somebody mentioned was one upping somebody else, um, I asked the person, well, have you ever had coccidiosis? And they went, oh yes, that was just horrible, blah, blah, blah. Well, that is a disease that only chickens get. And so we had a good laugh about it. I don't think they ever knew that they had, um, they had admitted to a, a disease that was uh, non-existent in humans, at least non existence in humans at that time. So getting back to the stress of kids, there's another limitation of the CDC data, and um, that was highlighted in a 2020 paper um, of which Dr. Halpin Flesher was a co-author, and it, although it was conducted at schools, roughly 5% of those age 14 to 17 weren't in school in 2020. And overall, 16-year-olds not in school have actually an elevated chance of exposure to the sort of risks that the CDC was attempting to measure. Now, the reasons they're not in school may actually be related to the same risk behaviors, and that is something that the research noted. For example, if you're pregnant or you are a parenting teen, you're more likely to drop out of school, and substance abuse or violence in or around school could lead to suspension, expulsion, or involvement with juvenile justice systems, and for that, you might be taking this survey because... You're not in school. Um, So, if those were included, the risk factors would be higher. But even if the true prevalence of some behaviors is lower or even slightly higher, the trends are unmistakable. The actual point estimates, uh, the actual point estimates are really less important than what the trends are. The trend is it's going up. Um, Kids are stressed, young people are very stressed. And the CDC has acknowledged the limitations of self-reported data and of missing students who are out of school. So not everything that the CDC tracks as a risk factor has increased. For example, according to these statistics, teen alcohol and drug use have both declined over the past decade. But thinking about suicide is a huge warning sign. And the link between thinking about it and following through isn't as clear as one might imagine. And despite high rates of young females thinking about suicide, the rates of suicide are significantly higher among young males. So the, this data, we find this to be very alarming. But the situation is not hopeless. Um, there is a lot that we can do. I mean, we have the new National Suicide and Crisis um, a Lifeline. And you know, you can call 988. And I think that is so great just to have this very simple number. So there are resources available. 988, that is a National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. There's also a crisis text line, which can um, be text, uh, you reach it by texting HOME, H-O-M-E, and then you text 741741. So both are pretty easy to remember, but I think the 988 is, is the easiest. Uh, it would be great if the numbers were wrong and it meant that we didn't have to worry, but, you know, teen years are never easy. And this is why as adults, and caregivers, and guardians, and coaches, and people, teachers, um, people who deal with teens, we really have to be observant, we have to listen more, and we have to normalize what adolescents are going through. It's hard out there, and there's nothing wrong with them. We just need to talk to them more, again, listen to them more, and be receptive, and try to find out together how we can get solutions and how we can get them less stressed. And I know one of the issues uh, that I find with the teams that we work with is definitely school and homework and work-related and peer-related. There's a lot of stress around college admissions and getting, you know, doing enough extracurricular activities, doing enough volunteer work, taking courses that are academically challenging, all of these things uh, stress the kids out and then of course there is you know home life and peer pressures and all of these are um, are I- increasing and then one of the other things that we know that really relates to the stress of teens is the social media. Now social media is not going anywhere so, we have to really be aware of it. It's not the only cause, um, uh, as I've already said, but it is a big cause. When, you, when um, teens watch you know, videos on TikTok or they see the perfect life on Instagram you know, and all the touched up faces and everything, it just helps them feel less than or that their life isn't as exciting as someone else's. So one of the things that it's really important is again to listen and talk to teens and let them know that they are good just the way they are, that um, they are loved, and that every person is different and every person has a gift and every person can succeed. That we just have to, uh, you know, find find that passion that lurks within us, and we cannot underestimate the the power and the the knowledge of teens and also don't underestimate the true effect of social media as a cause of teen mental illness epidemic so keep looking at it well when we come back from break we're actually going to go into the garden and we're going to see what we can do to fix our irrigation systems and get our sprinklers up to par so that we will be ready for spring and summer. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I will be back, and I hope you will, too. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be the Star You Are. 99 gifts and be the star you are for teens buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR 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 Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard. On the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens, www.btsya.com. You can. Express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party.
1: Uh, Hello, hello. We are back. You're still listening to Cynthia Bryan. And this is Star Style Be The Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And, you know, spring. Spring is here. And so uh, probably you're going to want, depending on what part of the country you're in, well, and especially getting ready for summer, you're going to want to get your irrigation lines working if you have a garden and it's a little bit, um, tricky because during the winter months, depending what part of the country you're in, whether it's snow country or you just had a lot of rain, uh, you know, the soil has moved, ground is, is covered and sometimes, you know, pipes are broken or drip lines are clogged or whatever. So we need to, um, We need to fix it, fix it up. I mean, here in California, we had what was uh, called a conga line of atmospheric rivers that, you know, they just blew across our state. And now we have to think about the irrigation system and getting ready for summer, um, summer watering of our gardens. So if you use automated irrigation systems, I know we call them sprinklers here, but, you know, they have a timer box and you can turn them on and they go on, you know, for five minutes or whatever. But everything needs maintenance. And to keep the system running as intended, you do have to figure out how to get to check everything. Now, one of the things I do on my lawn is actually during... Uh, Before I'm going to need my sprinklers is I I turn on each station, especially on my lawn, to see if if the pop-ups even come up. Because what happens over winter is the grass, as it's growing for spring, it literally covers over the sprinkler heads. And almost every single year, I have to dig them out. I have to dig out lawn and I have to figure out where they are And every year I say to myself, I'm going to put a stake in the ground with a flag so I know where it is, so I'm not, you know, putting my ear to the grass to try to hear it. But when I've tried that, it really doesn't work because then you have these flags all over your lawn and, um, I don't know, it just, it kind of interrupts the flow of things. So I've stuck to the procedure of turning it on, turning the water on, turning the system on putting my ear to the ground if I can't find the, the um, sprinkler head, and then digging it out. So, but you're going to need to have, when you have a couple of spare hours, you really need to check your system. Now, if you have a gardening service, you could ask them if they do this work. Otherwise, there are irrigation companies uh, for a price, and it's not cheap, that will come out and do maintenance. And the time to do maintenance is before you need it. I found that out um, a couple of summers ago when something broke that was very difficult of that for me to have to fix. Now I ended up doing it because all the companies that I called, they really they were so booked that they couldn't do it. And the recommendation is to do all this maintenance when. It is a downtime, so do it in early spring, because when summer comes around, um, companies are really busy, usually just doing emergencies. So usually, modern irrigation systems consist of a uh, programmable clock, also called a timer, and this will automatically run valves that supply the water to either your drip line or to your sprinkler system. And if you want to do your own maintenance, you do have to understand all the components. So you have to know how to operate and program your clock. You, know, you have to know how to cycle it, how to test your valves. And you need to know how to inspect and discover any malfunctioning lines and the emitter heads. So this will, um, by learning this, you're, it'll help you immensely when problems do occur. So first of all, if you ever find that your water bill is high, it could be that you were leaking water. One of your valves might not be shutting off. And the the way to check is to check your water meter. So usually in front of your house. Now, if you're in an apartment, very often your water is included in your price of what you're paying. And so this isn't anything that you would have to do. At least that has been the experience for most people that I know that have been in apartments. But if you have a house or you're renting a house, um, you would want to check your water meter. Now, it's usually in front of your house in a box um, in the ground that says water on it. Now, it, that water meter could be on the street right by your house. And you have to make sure that it's to your house. A, a, you might have to, um, when you open up the flap on the meter, there'll be a flip open, a flip that you have to, you know, flip up. And then once you can see the, met- the meter dial, you'll see a gear or a wheel that spins when the water is uh, was flowing. So how you check it is to turn on your garden hose, and then you'll watch the wheel. It'll spin like crazy. Then... Shut off all the water to your house main. And then that means shutting off the water inside your house as well as shutting off your exterior water and make sure that the wheel completely stops spinning. If you have separate uh, shutoffs for the house and irrigation valve, that's what I do. Turn off the house and turn off the irrigation and then check the wheel. If the irrigation valves are off and the wheel is turning, uh, one of the valves is leaking. So you probably want to check it separately. So, and that's another way. Like, if say if you have a a toilet that is uh, um, is running or leaking, or a, a valve that's in your house. So check your house and your irrigation separately. But you would want to turn off your house. Um, and your irrigation to make sure that nothing is leaking. And then you can check them separately. So if you um, find your irrigation clock and you know how to operate it, usually um, if you uh, bought your house or renting your house, usually they're in the garage. Sometimes they're they're outside on a wall near the valves and you want to run each station manually. And then go around and check what is turning on. Because sometimes they get clogged. And um, when you turn it on, if you hear like a whoosh, and you can hear the water running through the pipe, and you shut it off and it goes slurp, that means that the diaphragm has dropped back into place. And that's a good sound. But if it's not shutting completely off, you'll hear more of a hissing or a humming because the water is going to continue to run through the valve. And drip irrigation lines uh, ru- uh, operate under pressure. So you've got to be patient and let the back pressure dissipate before you decide the drip line valve isn't working. So if you dis- do determine that a valve isn't working the way that you want it to, you have a couple of options. Um, sometimes it's just like little bits of debris that are caught in the diaphragm of the valve. So you can just take the valve apart, clean it, and reassemble it to fix the problem. Now, make sure you, if you're taking something apart, you watch carefully how it goes back together because you just don't want to, you know, you don't want to take something apart and then not be able to put it back together. And be careful that you don't lose any screws or the spring that's inside the valve. And really important is a note which side is up for the diaphragm Um, if you have really old valves they tend not to come apart or go back together so well so sometimes it's even better to go and buy a new valve and valves at least here in California because I had to replace several valves this past year they were running about twenty eight to thirty dollars depending on the make and um, and who has them so You know, it can get pricey depending on how many valves that you have. So um, a lot of systems do have the valves above ground, and those are the easiest to replace. But some valves are below ground, and then you have to do some digging. And that um, that is challenging sometimes. But before you go to replace a valve, you want to make sure you have the size of the pipe that's connecting to the valve. Most homes, it's either three-quarter inch or one inch, and then you need to get a new valve and all the fittings at the hardware store or an irrigation supply. So uh, sometimes the best thing is to take photos with your phone of different angles, take them with you, or if you're going to, if you have like a leak, like uh, here on my property, because we have so many deer and we're on a hill and we get sliding and... So pipes come apart or they break. I tend to go ahead and dig it out, cut it out, and then take the piece to the hardware store to find out what is going to be the best way to um, to handle that. So hopefully that will that will help you because routine maintenance is really important because having when summer comes and it is hot out it is hard to be pulling hoses everywhere. We used to call my mom. We said that on her tombstone, we were going to say pulling hoses in heaven because anytime we would call her, she would. we'd ask her what she's doing. She was always pulling ho- hoses. And at one point we wanted to put in an irrigation system for her that would be automatic. But we realized that the pulling hoses over a few acres was her exercise. And she actually really enjoyed that part of gardening as much as as she complained about it. Um, And I think the funny part of that is that I find myself doing the same thing now because what happens over the years in a garden is the irrigation system that you put in at the beginning of your landscaping, once your plants grow and mature, you have to keep evolving and changing and adjusting and all of that. And sometimes it means you're going to be pulling hoses. So whatever you do, uh, but do check and maintain the systems that you have. So um, that is that is all I have to give you on the irrigation system. But we're going to go back into the garden when we come back from break and the business bite Because we're going to talk about spring gardening. Because I think it's time to, it's getting close. It's not quite there. But, uh, you know, to throw open our windows and inhale the sweet smells of the blossoms. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We will be back with spring gardening. Change your world.
0: Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: Everyone seems to get seasonal stress, no matter what the season or the end of the season. So we wanna be able to calm our frayed nerves and I have a few simple tips. Manage expectations. Be realistic about what a successful day looks like or what a fun experience is. Awaken your inner child. Kids focus on playing games and interacting with family and friends. They live in the moment, and they participate in activities with joy. Follow their lead, and you'll have some fun, too. Create calm. Practice distress-tolerance skills. These skills trick the brain into keeping panic and frustration from escalating. When you start to get stressed, start humming. Any tune will do. Humming actually causes a vibration in the throat, which triggers the vagus nerve to send that chill out signal. Some hmm, hum, hmm, hum along. Set boundaries. Don't be bullied. Obligations can stretch you thin. Learn to say no. No is a complete sentence and doesn't need an explanation. Give yourself permission to pause before blurting out yes and also prepare yourself to hear no more often. Build emotional vocabulary. If you are feeling angry, use language that reflects degrees, such as annoyed, irritated, aggravated. By choosing your words carefully that match the intensity you are feeling, you will gain control of that part of the brain that is creating that angry feeling. And most of all, remember, You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan, Bryan Bryan with an I, dot com.
0: Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarryour.org to make a tax deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to PO Box 376 376 Moraga California 94556 bethestarryour.org Dare to care.
1: Well, one of my favorite, favorite topics is talking about gardening. As you know, I am known as the goddess gardener, and I have co-written Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul, and then I have my book, uh, Growing with the Goddess Gardener, and that's book one, other growing books are in the works. So I love talking about gardening and I love talking about animals. Now, Thomas Jefferson, as you know, was a major, major gardener. And I I just love everything he did at Monticello. And um, I, I always admire his works. He said, no occupation is so delightful to me as the culture of the earth and no culture comparable to that of the garden. And I always try to keep that in mind as I am gardening. And with spring, there's just nothing better than inhaling those sweet smells of the blossoms and opening our doors and windows and letting in the fresh air. You know, the the Bradford pears, the cherry plums, the crab apples, the peach, the tulip magnolias, they're all just in full bloom. Flocks of doves are making their aerial acrobats. The raptors are kettling in the warmer thermals. Here, I've got cows happily grazing on the green grass, and bees are buzzing and pollinating. One of the great things here in California is the hills are emerald right now. Normally in summer, you know, we, they call it the golden state because of the golden hills, which are mostly brown. But uh, right now, they're beautiful green. It kind of does look like Ireland. Um, The creeks are flowing and daffodils. They are sunny daffodils. They are brightening our roadways, our hillsides. So spring is in the air. And I am excited to start sowing summer vegetables. um, But it is still a bit too early. And the reason it's still too early is the soil isn't warm enough yet. So this is a month to peruse catalogs, group our beds, and um, just allow our gardens to awaken from their winter slumber. It is a month of garden transition because we're still going to have unpredictable weather, you know, chilly mornings, perhaps warm afternoons, frosty nights, uh, maybe more rain, maybe more snow. Who knows? It's for... in. California, it's just been a a deluge of rain and snow. And I guess across the nation, there's just been really crazy weather. But with preparation and care, we can give our gardens a boost for spring by cleaning our garden beds. So a few things we need to do is we need to remove the dead leaves, the branches and any debris that accumulated over the winter. And by doing so, we're gonna prevent pests and diseases from invading while making our gardens tidier and ready for planting probably in late April and then early May. Hopefully the soils will be warm enough and by then and the weather good enough. But it's, for me, right now in my garden, it seems that overnight it burst into bloom. I mean, it is really, really beautiful outside of the fact that it also seems waterlogged. The amaryllis that I've been carefully tending opened its eyes to my delight. And now there are four humongous blooms on it. And every day I've been taking pictures. I just love it. The bright pink virginia is bigger and fuller this year. And it is going underneath all of my hedge of uh, privet. And it really looks so pretty. And even the yellow shamrocks, Um, are on display. A lot of people don't like oxalis. They find it to be a noxious weed, but I welcome it in my landscape. I do have both colors, the yellow and pink, but the yellow seems to be, you know, more ubiquitous. And it covers the bare soil with this very electric yellow flower and very delicate clover-like leaves. I find it really pretty and I've been growing it for several years without it invading in unwanted locations. So if you have a larger landscape and you need to cover, you know, cover it, you may want to um, to plant some of these shamrocks. Um, when they die back, they bloom. First of all, in winter, the green starts to come out, the shamrocks, and so it covers like with these little clover-like leaves, very, very pretty. And then it starts blooming. And it's usually either pink or this, this, you know, fluorescent yellow, as I'm speaking about. And it lasts for mm, a couple of months. And then when the heat comes, it starts to die back. So when it just turns all uh, kind of, well, it's not brown, more, I guess it's more golden, but it dries. You just pull it out. But it'll just come back again because there's little bulblets that are in the soil and they will, they will naturalize. So if you like it like I do, it's a great thing. If you don't like it, you better, you'll have to get out all those bulblets. Otherwise it's going to spread. Now, purple bearded iris, they don't last long in bouquets, but they are stunning and fragrant in the garden and very easy to grow from the rhizomes. You can actually just dig a couple up and cut them into pieces and put them wherever you want. And usually the next season you will have a flowered. Uh, and you could don't have to just do purple. They come in yellow and pink and white and multicolor. I just really love, I love iris. I just tend to have more purple. Now, poor man's saffron, which is commonly known as calendula, it has self-seeded on my hillside. And it's in blooms of orange and yellow. I started with just a few seeds that I took from my mom's um, calendula years ago. And now I have it everywhere. Uh, And I, at first I wasn't really into orange and yellow and I just wanted it in my garden, in uh, like in just one area of my garden. But again, now I welcome it because I don't have to do anything. I just let it go, let it bloom. And then when it just gets kind of dangly and long, You can either take a weed whacker and whack it down or just pull it out by the root and put it in your compost pile. The good, Why it's called poor man's saffron is it's edible. So uh, these, you can pick these flowers, pull off the the little um, petals and add them to a salad or a stew or make a sauce. And it has a mild taste of saffron. And as you probably know, Saffron is one of the most expensive of uh, spices or herbs that you can buy. So it's really good to have this poor man's saffron. Again, that's called calendula. Now, pink, red, and white cyclamen are stretching their buds uh, between ferns while azaleas are transforming my, um, my, my garden from kind of dull to dazzling. So the cyclamen and the ferns and the azaleas and the camellias and rhododendrons, they all like an acidic uh, soil. And so those will grow. If you have redwood trees or pine trees, people always say, oh, I can't grow anything under them. Well, those are things that you can grow under the trees. In fact, with the ferns, I have a beautiful fern grotto. Again, I took two or three ferns from my mom's garden. and She gave them to me several years ago. I planted them. And, um, they, they actually propagate from spores from the leaves that, you know, and anyway, I have a fern grotto now. So I dug up more, I dug up several ferns and put them in other areas under my redwood trees and they are doing really well. So that is something that you could do. So here are, uh, here's some gardening guide from the goddess gardener that you could do this month just to get your garden ready. So that you'll be able to plant towards the end of April and the beginning of May. You want to amend your soil with compost because you need to add the nutrients that are necessary for healthy plant growth. You can make your own compost and it's very easy. All you have to do is combine the green and the brown. Green is nitrogen, brown is carbon. And when I say combine green and brown, that's the different materials. So the green would be like the grass clippings, right? Um, so you do you would add a buck, to a bucket or a bin or a pile. You could add coffee grinds, tea bags, chicken and rabbit droppings. Those are really, really good. Uh, grass clippings, vegetable scraps, straw, leaves, shredded newspaper, hay, dead plants, cardboard, And paper. You can also take rake your leaves and take like um, tiny, not big branches, but small, small branches, twigs, and stuff, um, and add all that to your compost pile. You want to keep it moist and turn it from time to time. And don't use any animal waste from any carnivorous animal. And that would include don't include any dog or cat poop and don't use any diseased plants. Uh, put the diseased plants into, your, um, into the garbage, you know, don't, don't try to recycle them because any diseased plants is just going to make any other compost um, diseased. Again, as I said in um, segment two about the irrigation system, make sure to check your irrigation system, repair leaks, clogs, Uh, Any broken sprinkler heads. If you are a person that you know you just need to get going right now, you can start seeds indoors if you want a head start on growing your favorite vegetables. You will have to harden them off though before planting in the garden. Yeah, it's a good time if you like to forage for wild greens. You can find miner's lettuce, mustard, creek watercress, wild strawberries. Um, all of these young leaves are delicious in salads and sautés. Like right now, I have a lot of mustard growing, and if I go into my creek, there's watercress. Just make sure you wash it really well. The wild strawberries are just starting to come up, so. Um, but all of these things are really, are really good to forage. Now you can order uh, tubers or root starters from many different uh, catalogs, and that. You can get um, selections of horseradishes and potatoes and onions and asparagus, and then you can plant those later in spring if you like those kinds of uh, vegetables. This is a really good time to fertilize your trees, your shrubs, and and your ground covers also with organic feed, so check out your hardware store, what they have organic, and then fertilize your trees, shrubs, and ground covers. Oh, so important to apply um, snail bait around plants because snails and slugs are out there. You can also hand pick these mollusks if you want, but the snails and slugs are really doing a lot of damage right now. And again, you want to get uh, a snail bait that is organic that will not harm any of your dogs or, or cats or other animals. Um, It's a time to spray your roses, boxwoods, viburnum, your iris, fruit trees, citrus trees, and crape myrtle trees with the dormant oil to protect them from overwintering insects and fungal disease. This should be the last spray that you do. If you've already done all of them, you don't have to do another one. Usually we do three sprays between uh, winter and, and spring. Um, Lemons, limes, oranges are ripe at the moment, so harvest them as needed. That extra vitamin C will really boost your immunity because uh, cold and flu season is still raging. Um, For tools, you want to sharpen and clean them. It's a good time to aerate your lawns while the nights are still cool. And um, when you aerate, you can rent an aerator or you can hire someone to aerate it for you. But make sure you leave the plugs on the grass because it will feed the grass because the, the um, nitrogen in it is actually good. So just let it, leave the plugs, they will meld back into your lawn. As you see weeds, because they are sprouting now, pull them out because otherwise, uh, as the soil gets uh, warmer and drier, it's gonna be harder to pull. But also the weeds are going to be taking the uh, nutrients and moistures from other plants that you need. This is a great time to cut bouquets of daffodils or narcissus or viburnum or flowering quince or virginia to brighten any of your rooms. So if whatever you have blooming in your garden, cut some bouquets of them uh, because I think that you will enjoy it. As I said earlier Iris only last a day or two, but they are pretty if you just need a, a flower arrangement for a day or two. It's also a good time to divide your perennials, which would include daylilies, agapanthus, yarrow, and phlox because they're still semi dorant And if you have a camellia bush or camellia tree, I love to pick some camellias and float them in a bowl and put them in, you know, on my table. I think that looks really pretty. Also remember to dispose of any fallen camellias that land on the ground under your trees or bushes because they will cause pests into your soil. If you have aphids, a strong spray of water or a spray with a mixture of water and dishwashing detergent will do the job. Just make sure to spray all sides of foliage and flowers. You don't use vinegar uh, on uh, something like that. Remember, vinegar will kill anything. So if you want to get rid of weeds, you can make a a solution of vinegar and salt and spray, you know, dandelions. Although I like to eat dandelions as long as they are are organic and don't have any other spray on them. But if you're trying to kill weeds, just remember vinegar is a great organic thing, but it will kill anything uh, new to it. And then if you really want to learn what to do in your garden every month, pick up a copy of Growing with the Garden Goddess, available at StarStyleStore.net, because that'll give you um, what to do every month. And it's time to plant your bare root roses, your vines, and your berry bushes. And for more information, you can visit CynthiaBryan.com. So that is our show for this week. I hope that it has helped you. Uh, be in the garden and also taking a better look at our teens in stress and do what you can to help them remember you can change your life and you can make your dreams come true for more information about star style productions or to purchase any of my books visit cynthiabryan.com to get involved with the charity or with what our shoe drive or to sponsor what's coming up for our Moraga Fair, visit be BeTheStarYouAre.org. And my aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. So see beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And until we are together next Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, Remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Go out into the world, make it a great day, create and make a difference, and be your unapologetically authentic self. Again, thanks so much, and we'll be together next Wednesday. Ciao for now.